Hello, church family. This is our last study, or last part of our study through Nehemiah chapter 9. One second as I get a, a drink of water. Water is a grace of God. <laughs> so, we talked about confessing this last week and how confession to the Lord first, I mean, that's the first thing that we need to do. We're living in a Christian life, we're going to fall into sin, and a part of repentance is an acknowledgement that God is good. And yesterday and the day before, we we learned about it's like a long history of of Israel, and I think the reason why God allowed Nehemiah to write this is because this shows you the totality of who He is. It's like a summary of all that God has done up to this point, and all, and how the people of God have failed from generation to generation, generation, generation. But yet God is still so great and compassionate to be willing to forgive them, to bring them back into His uh, into into his uh, good blessing and good grace uh, because he is a good and blessing God and he's a, a God of grace. He's a compassion God. I, I said how this word compassion shows up multiple times in this chapter. I think it's again to highlight the fact that he shows pity to us. That's what compassion is, is that when he look at us, when God looks at us, he sees how he has this, like, uh, this brokenness uh, because we're, when we dive into sin, we're essentially choosing something more than choosing the good God. And the things that we choose, especially if it's sin, is never going to satisfy. And, and the only thing that God knows, he built us this way, is to delight in him. So that's our, our second point, is that we need to remember uh, that our confession is centered around our Savior. Again, throughout this, this whole section, middle section of chapter 9, it's, it's highlighting who God is, and, and it should ca- cause you to worship Him better by fighting sin in your life. Now we're going to look at this last one, this commitment to sanctification. This is the first one is the confession of sin, the second is the center, our confession is centered around our Savior, and confession should lead to a commitment to sanctification. Confession or repentance should, com- should lead us to a commitment to sanctification. We see this in the very last verse. Now, because of all this, and now all this meaning, everything that he's revealed, everything about who God is, every attribute of God, every time where God saved them, everything that God has done in terms of fulfilling his promise, after all of this, after reading everything that they've uh, they've read about the Lord and then uh, being broken by it, it says that we are writing, we're making agreement in writing. Uh, this is a way for them to to really just show uh, that they're committed. Um, I think in our in our church circles, we don't like the word um, recommit our life to the Lord. Um, and that's true. I, can, I understand why that's confusing because in, uh, you know, in our church history, not just our SFBC church, but just church history as a whole, that term is often used when like, you know, someone falls into some great sin and they're like, okay, I'm going to recommit my life to the Lord now. Now I'm really not going to fall into that sin. And then they fall into it again. They're like, okay, now I'm really going to recommit my life to the Lord. I'm going to go to the altar calls, whatever. It was a constant cycle. And I get where that's coming from. It's like when they say recommit, because some people genuinely are going to recommit and then faithfully walk, uh, live their life according to God's standard. But I think the better word is repentance. It's repentance. You know they they're making this agreement here because they they were they want to repent, um, they want to know, uh, they want to demonstrate their their understanding of who God is uh, by repenting from the sins that they've committed. So they write this agreement out, and on the sealed document are the names of the, our leaders, our Levites, and our priests. So repentance is shown in some sort of action. Uh, they repented by turning uh, their lives to, um, to 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 God. Um, 
they look back at all the things that their, uh, their, their previous father has done, they realize God uh, has blessed them in, in spite of that. that. That in the past their forefathers failed and failed and failed and failed, and then those people of generation came, or were around, and they failed as well, but then they understand that God is still gracious and kind. So make, they make this pledge, Israel's acknowledgement of God's faithfulness and their own unfaithfulness makes them realize that, okay, we need to repent now. So they pledge and they make this promise to God to obey God and, and not to um, you know, repeat the same things that they've done in the past. We have to understand, Christians, that the Old Testament is here, especially some chapters like this. It's designed for us to learn, not to make their, the same mistakes that they make as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 and 12, it says, uh, Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Verse 12, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. And this is important because this is that, uh, this is right before that temptation chapter portion, right? The next verse is like, no temptation has overtaken you, but such is a com- but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. So Paul here in the New Testament is trying to make this argument that the reason why we have the Old Testament is to show us, the people, that we have that, that, to learn from them, to learn from the past. Uh, don't make the same mistakes. Don't, have, don't worship the same idols the way they do or don't um, live like these old, uh, you know, these old Israelites. See the consequence of their sin. Like their consequence of their sin then doesn't stop just because the New Testament era has begun. You know, there are still people that suffer great pain because of their sin. And it's not because God didn't warn them, but it's because they failed um, to, to, to obey the Lord. And they're not even, um, you know, as us as Christians, when we have the Bible, we have no excuse because we have a record of Israel's mistakes. We have a record of all that they have done wrong. Again, this is not, we can't say that we've, we fall into sin out of ignorance. The Old Testament has enough uh, to show, enough examples to show you what happens when we decide to do what's right in our own eyes. And we fall into sin and, um, yeah, we fall into some sort of grave sin. It shouldn't be a surprise to all of us. Um, when we look at our the Israelites' unfaithfulness, we must think that we are like that as well, that we can fall into this type of temptation or sin that they commit. Don't think that we're better than them because we would 100% um, fall just like they do if our hearts are not devoted to the Lord. And we actually have, again, something greater than all the miracles that is, that is shown throughout that, ne- that Nehemiah 9, all the things that, that they've seen of the Lord and delivering them from the Red Sea and um, all the miracles and deliverance and providential means. We actually have something even better than that. We have the Word of the Living God. God's Word is actually um, better than the miracles. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to what you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. But know that Know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy has ever made by uh, was was ever made by an act of human will. The men move by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. We actually have something greater than the miracles, like the pillar of fire and the pillar of the cloud. Uh, we have something better than that. We have the the active word of God. We have to 
we get to see we get a little window into who God is more by the by the you know by the teaching of God's word or being you know when God's word is being preached to us we understand Him more. Christians, as uh, we reflect uh, back upon what we were saved from and saved by, we should also repent and commit our our lives to the Lord. Again, maybe the word commitment might not be the best word, but the best word might just be repentance, that we need to repent for the things that we've done wrong. First uh, Peter 1, verse 13, Therefore prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace uh, to on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of, of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Again, we need to be like the Israelites at this moment in time in Nehemiah, where they see their sin, they confess their sin, and then they, they commit their lives to 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 a life of sanctification, to a life of faithfulness to the Lord. Again, I understand the recommitment word type um, that we use, but I think a better word that we should use is the word for repentance. And I hope that as you think about your own life and think about your own sin, what will move you to a life of repentance and, and acknowledging that God is a good God is when you see you think back in detail how the Lord does it. You think back about how He saved you, how He providentially brought you to someone uh, to share the gospel with, or, or brought you to church. You know, you think about those things. You think about how God provided and answered all of your prayers in the past, though you don't deserve it. Uh, every time where you see God's faithful hand in, in protecting you and providing for you, these are all ways in which we need to cherish in our hearts, so that we can continue to live a life that's committed to the to to the Lord. And I hope that as we think about our life, that we have a commitment to sanctification as well, that we have a commitment to live holy lives because our God is holy and he's not just holy, though that's true. He's also a very good God and giving us the means to know him and to enjoy him forever. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, I hope that this is helpful for you. Next week, we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 10. And again, we're almost at the end of the book. I uh, haven't figured out what exactly to do for the next part just yet but um, i'm leading into just probably answering all the questions that you sent in so if you have a question feel free to send it in and i'll um, probably try to answer your question as i get into the month of december thank you for listening take care and have a good weekend mm-hmm.